Good afternoon and welcome to SJ at Noon, another week of Hockey Talk. Rory McGoran, Jamie Nugabauer, of course, the Nugs with you to recap the weekend, to look forward to what's to come in the SJHL. And of course, we'll welcome in a couple guests as we always do. Nolan Cole, the play-by-play broadcaster of the Estevan Bruins, will join us in about 15 minutes time. And then after that, we'll have Xavier Lapointe, already committed to NCAA Division One, and jumping off the page in Flynn Flon second in the league in defensive scoring with, I believe, 13 points already, only one point behind his D partner, Cole Vardy. So they've been electric. Jamie, how was your week? How was your weekend? It was a busy one in the league. It was a busy one in the league, and uh, I, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but I can't believe how good the young talent in this league. It's just it's just electric every night. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Yeah. We obviously have to start with the marquee matchup of the weekend set. It was Saturday night, Sunday matinee, two games in less than 24 hours down at Affinity Place, which had a great crowd. Mm-hmm. I know attendance down throughout the league, but people showed up to watch this one, and I'm happy they did. It was a great series, Estevan and Humboldt, and it was split. 6-2 on Saturday, the Bruins picked up the win. Humboldt answered back on their third game in three days and won 4-2, so a big victory there. But any surprise to you to see the top two teams split the weekend set? No surprise at all, obviously. And then, you know, we were talking about it a bit on air before. It was funny because it was just, you know, completely the mirror image of each other, the yeah. two games you were saying. You know, the first game, you know, Race Ramsey pulled on six goals on 25 shots. Uh, the next game, Boston Below us pulled three goals or, or was it three goals and six shots something like that really yeah, early three five, and, yeah. and uh, a little bit of interesting tactics or maybe there was an injury we don't really know what was going on with Boston below us in the second game but no surprise the pace was quick it was a big event around the league the one that you had circled I think everybody had yeah. circled and it uh, must have been a lot of fun to call it, it was a lot of fun to call and the Estevan Bruins in game one you're right jumped out of the gates the Broncos weren't ready for that it was a bad start for them and the Bruins you can't have a bad anytime no. during that team they'll take advantage they scored three goals in the first eight minutes and then on Sunday night the Broncos with a three nothing lead in the first eight minutes so you mentioned it was mirrored it was the exact same first period entered the second period in both games and then the, the team that was down got Got one, but it was too little too late at that point for the Broncos, especially on Saturday. Bruins made it close on Sunday, but then an empty net for Matthew Perkins, who, I mean, we like to spread around sort of who we talk about in the SJHL, but the players are the ones who provides us the content, and Matthew Perkins is providing all sorts of content. Yeah, and we have uh, Matthew Perkins' goal at the 04 birth year. So many eyeballs on him at the NCAA level. He was invited to camp uh, with the Moose Jaw Warriors, didn't attend. Decided to focus on uh, coming to Humboldt, and Rory, you called uh, you called this in uh, Humboldt. Beautiful. Watch for the watch for the puck being bad out of the air. Pretty impressive. Yeah, this is line, and there it is right there. Oh. Matthew Perkins of Lucas Ceccarelli, Alex Soretsky, and Matthew Perkins has been electric since they've been put yeah. together. And Perkins now with goals, I believe, in six of his last seven games. Mm-hmm. He had six points in three games, or sorry, eight points in yeah. three games this week, four against the Weyburn Red Wings, and uh, he is figuring it out and yeah. quick. So for the Broncos that, you know, lean a lot on a Kirky and a Soretsky and a Koran and all that, to have another flood of people coming in. Of course, McGrath, who's tops in the league in scoring. Matthew Perkins now at Ceccarelli. So they can uh, they can get you in a lot of ways. Same with the Estevan Bruins, who the likes of Mark Rumsey, Olivier Pouliot, and Kalen Fitzpatrick. How about the yeah. year he's having for the young talent across the league, which we'll get into, yeah. but... The Bruins, again, you take a shift off, they'll make you pay. And not only a shift off, but a shift off on your power play. Yeah. And we have a goal here with Fitzpatrick uh, for Estevan, one of those 03 birth years. Fitzpatrick, another Moose Jaw U18 guy, by the way, too. But uh, you see Humble deep in the uh, offensive zone on the power play. And how look how quickly Humble or Estevan get up the ice. They don't need any invitations. And uh, just a nice little feed and three yellow jerseys up there on the PK. If they get that one turned over, then it's, you know, an easy three or four on one for Humboldt. But they don't care. That's the way Tatarnik wants them to play, clearly. Nine shorthanded goals already. Crazy. In 17 games. It's absolutely insane. If if you're scoring, you have the puck on the PK, then the other team's not scored. I I got to say this because, I mean, Twitter's a great machine, right? I got a little bit of (laughs) slack for what I said last week. And I think my words were being a little miskewed. It's not what I meant, but I believe um, Carl. How's it going, Carl? (laughs) That's the name on Twitter here. But, of course, it was pertaining to 
the Viterra division. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. We're going to welcome in Nolan Cole, and he attests to it, I believe he will, is that it is the weakest division in the SJHL. So I'm not saying that the Estevan Bruins aren't for real and that the Bruins are not taken lightly. I think they're the best team in the SJHL, if not the best, number two to Humble Broncos, right? We just saw that over the weekend. It was evenly matched. I'm just saying bad habits can sometimes creep in, and it's often said that teams can lower themselves down if they're playing opponents that they're clearly overmatched one after another after another 50% of the schedule so a game like Humboldt the Bruins can take that away and you learn more from losses than you do wins I just don't see the Bruins losing a lot against the teams in their division yeah I mean uh, one one caveat that I'll make Rory is I think we're really starting to see a much better version of the Yorkton Terriers and mm-hmm. I think they're, I'm not I'm not not suggesting the Yorkton Terriers are at the same level of talent as the SMM Bruins you'd have to be crazy Right now, but Matt Hare does have them playing really good. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about Yorkton in a second here, I think. But the bottom line is Jason Tatarnik and the SM are going to keep adding. They brought in Eric Pierce from the Brandon Wheat Kings. You know, they, they brought in uh, Heemstra from Drumheller. You know, they're going to keep moving guys. I think we saw eight guys with major junior experience in the lineup for the Estevan Bruins and significant major junior experience for the Estevan Bruins, not just one game or anything like serious, serious contrib- contributors at that level. Uh, so. Yeah, they're talented. We thought they would be. Yeah, and you know the Bruins have a great fan base there. Yeah. Uh, so, Carl, I'm not sleeping on yeah. the Bruins. I think they're fantastic. They're one of the top two teams in the league. Yeah. And then he asked me what I think about Rumsey as well. And if he doesn't lead the league in scoring, he'll be one or two. If he if he's number one, that won't shock anyone at all. He's an exceptional talent. Well, he can he can definitely shoot the puck. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So the, the Bruins and the Broncos split the series. Humboldt still in first place in the SJHL. Right behind them, the Estevan Bruins. And they played three games less. So winning percentage is really tight between those two. The other series that kind of caught our attention last week was because both of them were at opposite trajectories. The Nippon Hawks and the LaRange Ice Wolves, a home-and-home home set. I believe they were both on near four-game losing streaks at the time. And we kind of said this is a series that if a team can find a way to win both games, maybe they start getting the ball rolling. And that was the case with the Nippon Hawks, 2-0. Yeah, Nippon had gone 1-7 since the showcase, the Warman showcase, which yeah. feels like a million years ago. Uh, but two huge wins here for Nippon, a 5-4 uh, shootout win. We have uh, Andrew Schaub's shootout winning goal, I think, uh, to come up. Yeah, here it is in, in the Mel Hegland uh, in, in Laurent. I love calling games there, by the way. Right? Oh, you're right know. on the ice. Right there, yeah. I feel like I'm like another guy on the power play if I'm calling games. Yeah, you got to keep your head on a swivel. But there here's, for... <laughs> here's a nice move uh, by by Andrew Schaub, who's a big part of the offense for this Nippon team that's looking for Ooh. goals. Pretty pretty finished there for Schaub, but... Um, yeah, Nippon one and seven since the showcase. Larange five game losing streak now. They only have two wins in the last ten, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Larange later. But there, there's something off there. There's what is off. the struggles? Is it because yeah. we thought last year it was goals against, right? It just seems that yeah. something isn't clicking as well, and it's unfortunate. Because no team, I think, was impacted more by the COVID-19 pandemic mm-hmm. than the Ice Wolves. They had that playoffs where they were loaded, and yeah. a lot of people thought they can make a run taken away. And then the next year, they would have had a great competitive team as well, which was, of course, cut short. Maybe the Broncos that season, they were pretty high-end as well. But mm-hmm. the Ice Wolves, I just feel bad for them because, you know, yeah. they were not a productive club for a lot of years. And finally, they put this together, and it was all taken away from them. And now when you think they're going to be competitive again, they've just been struggling. Yeah, they, you know, they brought Tristan Lambert back from Black Falls in the AJ, the defenseman, but he was the only one back from previous years from LaRange. Other than that, all-new group of defensemen for LaRange, and I think they've struggled a little bit. I think Xavier Cannon is huge in net for them when he's in, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Hold the Knights. Big piece for them up front. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. So, you know, I don't really know. It's it's a situation in LaRange where, you know, they play that style that's a lot of fun to watch. Run and gun, lots of passion, kind of old school, very physical. Uh, but when it doesn't go well, when it when it's not working, it can kind of look ugly. And it's been ugly for LaRange. And it did in the Saturday game because yeah. they only had 11 shots on yeah. goal. So the run and gun style was completely negated inside the cage in Nipawin. And uh, a shutout for Chase Ham. Yeah, and a shout-out for Chase Ham. I think we have a McKillen Couture He had a great too. week, too. Yeah, great week. And uh, defenseman, been around the league. He was in uh, Weyburn. He was in Kindersley Couture. So he's been uh, he's been around uh, for a while there. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think uh, you know, we talked about Nipawin needing to try to get something going. This was a good opportunity. And we'll see if they can continue that, of course. That's part of our uh, hot and cold, brought to you by Precise Temp, coming up later in the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, we'll talk about LaRange a little bit later because they do have top-end talent. 
they're 20 year olds. And if they keep slipping and see that it may be a needed to be a rebuild year, how long do they hold on to a Nolan Dole or a Holden Knights or an Aaron Gray eyes? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think Kevin Kaminsky is an extremely loyal guy. Yeah. And I think those are pretty loyal your little kids. So I don't know. I, I think there, you know, a couple pieces here, there, a couple changes. LaRange could still turn around. It's still pretty early. Absolutely. Did we get the clip from Mikel and Couture there, play? What's it called again? Uh, Nipowin's Couture, maybe. McKillen Couture. Not in there. If not, we could save it yeah. because we got more from Mikel and Couture coming up in Who's Hot, Who's Cold segment as well. So we can dig it up and get it for you there. We'll move on to the Yorkton Terriers oh. who go one and it's one. It's Lefebvre, not Couture. I got, oh, well, anyways. Oh, Lefebvre you pulled. Yeah, Nipowin's Lefebvre, yeah. Sorry about that. Not there you go. There we go. But uh, I guess I guess it was, there's McCouture out there at the very top of his power play. Carson Dobson, number 91 there in black, uh, former Battleford Stars captain, AAA. He's a guy that I'm a big, big fan of. He's a rookie. He's in 0-2, but he's a rookie. And just jammed home there. Couture found a way. And, uh, you know, at the cage, when they're going in Nippowin, it's a tough anywhere anywhere to go. So the Nippowin Hawks can turn this around fast. Loved how he got the shot through there, just opened up the lane, and then got it on net. And, of course, Lefebvre and the Nippowin Hawks, right. if there's one thing we always talked about, they're going to find a way to score goals and secondary scoring and all of that. They had four different goal scorers in that 4 nothing shutout win. So something good yeah. to see brewing there. And playing Doug Johnson-style hockey... 11 shots for a shutout. Have you ever seen 11 shots? It's low. On a shutout? It's low. Not, not too many. I was, doing the, I was doing the out-of-town scoreboard on yeah. uh, on the Saturday broadcast yeah. with the Broncos, and I looked at the stat sheet in the second period while I was on the air, and it said that LaRange only had two shots, in this, not in the second period, combined between the first and the second period. And I was like, that can't be right. There's got to be something wrong. But it, yeah. evidently it was right, and they ended up with 11 across the game. Yeah, and we've seen games like that in yeah. Nippo and uh... – Doug Johnson's teams over the years for Nippon so good defensively. So, what 11 shots is not too many. So, we'll jump into the Yorkton Terriers now. They go 1-1, one and one, and it's one of the teams, again, we talked about in prior years, that if they get hot, don't be surprised. And they beat a really competitive Battleford's North Stars team 5-3 to three, before losing another one-goal game, most in the SJHL, to the Kindersley Clippers. Yeah, and they played really well in North Battleford's uh, on Friday. I think uh, we have Keyshawn Gervais' goal there. And when he's going, when he's going, oh, yeah, he's, for the, he's he's dangerous. And then you see right off the hop, nice shot here that uh, I think beats uh, Ulrich Roussel over the over the arm. And they put 54 shots on uh, on the Battleford's net between both Roussel and Hiroche mm. uh, in net for Battleford's. So, you know, things are going well. I think Logan Saika was an outstanding pickup from Yorkton out of the Olds, Grizzlies and the AJ on a free. Another Sherwood Park kid, so he and Steve Norm have that connection too in Yorkton. So Matt Hare, I think they're they're doing something well in, in uh, Yorkton. Obviously, Kale DePape. Kale DePape, yeah, yeah. Uh, the story, I think, for sure. Yeah. Gervais, the engine, if they find a couple more pieces. Again, I just I like what they're doing defensively. I think they're really yeah. tough to get shots on and really tough to score against with the Pape and net. Mm-hmm. And uh, they can they can be a team that's going to grow throughout the season. Yeah, grow. And then and then the the, uh, the extra point to that, that piece to that you talk about the one goal game the loss to Kindersley that game was at a neutral site sort of changed at the last second in Rosetown uh, not too far from Saskatoon because Notre Dame was supposed to play Kindersley the night before there was an ice issue in Kindersley the Clippers couldn't figure it out until the next day it was still an issue I guess so they moved the game to Rosetown good quick thinking by the league and by the Clippers to get that game uh, going in Rosetown, Notre Dame and Kindersley will have to figure that out. But, you know, another good uh, performance as well by Kindersley. Uh, two teams that are really surging, Yorkton and Kindersley, two teams that you can't take lightly. Absolutely. Uh, as the Terriers play Battleford and play Kindersley, everyone's picking up points in the Agris division. Yeah. All four teams are in the top seven of the league. So is it clear right now that that mm-hmm. is the toughest division in the SJHL? Yeah, I think I think it's without a doubt. I mean, you always expect those Sherwood Northern teams to to load up and figure it out and make some moves. There's so much pressure to win up in the North, right? So we'll, we'll see what happens. But right now, the Global Agris Solutions, Notre Dame, Humboldt, Kindersley, and Battlefords. I think there's no doubt that it's the best division uh, division in the league. And we'll talk about Kindersley, but six one and one over the last yeah, eight and that is they've been really really good absolutely and uh, tylen hilbig just one to watch on there both hilbig brothers exceptional yeah. talent tylen leads uh, his team in points in 03 born so yeah. some young players i believe another young player because we looked across this and and trying to look back two years ago when oh ones would have been in this position i don't think you saw the same sort of ju- bundle sort of part of me mm-hmm. of Young players on top of scoring leaders in the top nine scores in the SJHL, only two are 20-year-olds, six are 18-year-olds. Yeah. So what's leading to that? 
Yeah, well, there's a couple coaches in this league that are really giving youth a chance, right? I mean, you look at Notre Dame, Elliot Dutille has 14 goals in only 15 games. He's only an 03. I forget that he's an 03 whenever I talk to him, but he's an 03. Uh, you know, same with Kevin Anderson. He's an 03, second in assists. Connor McGrath is an 03. Perkins is an 04. He's on fire. Kalen you know, Fitzpatrick of Estevan's an 03. Jake yeah. Southgate is, is, is in there as yeah, well. He's young, but not, not a lot of experience. Yeah. So they're jumping right in, but giving them the opportunity. That's the bottom line, right? They talk about the SJ, you think old league, physical league, mm. yada, yada, yada. And there's still lots of teams that are like that, but then there are some teams that are really giving young guys power play and important opportunities. You had a good point off air as well when COVID-19 pandemic was in full yeah. force, of course. Um, the 18-year-olds were actually the ones that were allowed to practice and play the most. So is that maybe having an effect? Yeah. I, hey, I, I, it's hard to quantify that, obviously, yeah. right? But I think it can't hurt. I think for a 19, 20-year-old during a lockdown, you can't skate in a group and you have to do outdoor rinks. It's not the same. And, you know, all these things and obviously guys like Rumsey and Kirky and, and whatnot have come in and still taking care of business. Still in Esau and Battleford's Kesslering, etc. But, you know, it's all in, on the individual, of course, as always. But I think there's something to be said for that continual development, for and sure. And goaltenders as well. There's a few young yeah. ones across the league that got to keep your eye oh, on. Yeah. I just love seeing the youth influx yeah. into the SJHL. It's well, great, if, and there's there's a ton yeah. of it. If you want NCAA exactly. Division One commitments, you need to give youth ice time. Period. And we're getting it, and we're getting it. We're getting, and we're going to get apples of it. And we're going to get plenty of Division One commits this year. Yeah, so. I, I think it's a great yeah. thing moving forward for the league. To That's, see what the this league That's what the yeah. league wants. That's what the league wants. 100%. A couple more things before we go to break and welcome in Nolan Cole. Battlefords did pick up a win over Notre Dame 4-3. Oh. I believe we have one of the young players, Jake Southgate, and his overtime winner. And oh, uh, that's a team that's tough to beat on any date. This is one that you kind of wanted to reflect on, Nugsy. Yeah, well, uh, see, see if you can spot the missed call. Oh, there it is. <laughs> what? Can we get a rewind can, on can that? Can we rewind that? <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Face off in the offensive zone here in overtime. Bump to the top. And there, John O'Hoyne's number 17 for Notre Dame. Oh, there's a trip oh. there. Let's not call it. And and the referees had given Notre Dame a couple of 5-1-3s in the third. So, you know, it's that classic referee, even it up, yada, yada, yada. But a breakaway in overtime like All right. that. I'll give it to you. Oh. That's a penalty. It's, it's 100% a penalty. Very frustrating. Oh, and, uh, you know, I just we can't as a league have things like that happen. I'm not, but I'm it, not they're saying they're human. It, they're human. They're, it it's happens. Gonna ha but it, they're human, but it was, <laughs> it was clearly a thing that it was an even-up thing, right, Rory? Like, yeah. It wasn't like, a, oh, I didn't see it. It was a, like, oh, I'm going to choose not to call that. Because, well, I, because I, was, I, gave, I wasn't there, so I can't Because I gave Notre I Dame five on threes in the third period. That's exactly what happens, and nobody can convince me otherwise. We <laughs> do have a power play goal from that game that Notre Dame scored that I think was just beautiful, too. Notre Dame's Dutille with a goal. Leads the league, man. Up here. And he's got 14 goals. Look at this power play set up here. Five on three. There's the sitch to Kevin Anderson, the, uh, the second in the league in assists, and then backdoor to Dutille. Just some tic-tac-toe there, so yeah, just some nice. beauty, but I'm uh, I'm still angry, and everybody in Notre Dame is still angry about that one. So. <laughs> nice play for sure, and, and uh, yeah, you got to give respect to Elliot Dutille, 14 goals, and he's a rookie as well in the league, yeah. and he leads all players in 14 goals in 15 games. That's a great start. Weyburn, of course, defeated the Melville Millionaires 5-4 in overtime, but what I want to give a shout-out to is all the way back on Wednesday, I think it yeah. was, and it was Kelton Pine, the yeah. 5 born AP call-up emergency goaltender, Shutout, 31 saves. So congratulations to him in an yeah. SGHL debut. Yeah, 05 birth year. Yeah, crazy. Probably will be the Regina Pats goalie or one of them next year. One, he is the best goalie in Sasku 18 AAA hockey right now uh, for the Pats C's. Big reason why the Pats C's are at the top of that level. So, um, you know, kudos to uh, him and kudos to Mike Rooney giving him a shot because he did really well. Absolutely. That's your CEA road report as we looked back on the weekend that was, what do you say, 16 games in the two days? So, or in the three days, I guess it was, Friday, mm -hmm. Saturday, Sunday. Uh, busy weekend in the SJHL and a busy week to come. But first, we'll welcome in the Estevan Bruins play-by-play -play broadcaster, Nolan Cole, to reflect on the, mat on the marquee uh, set of the weekend, Broncos and Estevan, next on SJ at Noon. Welcome back to SJ at Noon. Rory McGorn along with Nugsy and very happy to welcome in one of the broadcasters across the league and a very exciting series this weekend between the Humboldt Broncos and the Estevan Bruins. It's the voice of the Bruins, Nolan Cole. Nolan, how's it going? I'm good, Rory. How are you doing today? 
Very well, thanks. It was a busy weekend for the Broncos, of course, three and three. Estevan Bruins, back-to-back games in under 24 hours. And we kind of talked in the middle of the second game. It was almost a script reversal from game one to game two with both teams scoring three goals and getting on their opponent early in the opening eight minutes. Just what was your thoughts on the Broncos first Bruins series this weekend? Yeah, you're right, Rory. It was kind of a a series of momentum. Uh, You know, you you go back to the Saturday game and the Bruins kind of jumped on Humboldt early, right? They scored a minute in and that just kind of snowballed from there. Uh, And then you're right. It was just kind of a reversal of the script on Sunday afternoon where the Broncos came out and scored three times in the first. So I think, you know, in my opinion, both games are kind of won and lost in the first period. You know, obviously when you, when you go up three, nothing after one, it's, it's a tough, uh, tough, tough mountain to come to, to climb back into the game. Right. So uh, there was a lot of skill on display. I thought there was a good pace all weekend, Rory, like, you know, a bit quicker than some of the other games that the Bruins have played recently, certainly against Melville. I thought the top guys were, were noticeable on both teams. Uh, you know, maybe one surprise was the goaltending, right? I mean, Boston Blois and Race Ramsey, who are, you know, two excellent goalies in this league. Um, you know, Ramsey was a little bit shell-shocked on, on Saturday. They end up taking mm-hmm. him out in the third period, I believe. And then strange kind of circumstances yesterday with, with Boston Blois coming out uh, after giving up three goals on five shots and then coming back into the game and actually playing pretty well for, for the rest of the night. But, I think going in, Rory, if, if you would have said to me that those two teams would, would split the weekend, I think I probably would have agreed. Those are two good teams, and you know I'm looking forward to the future matchups as well between those two. Yeah, I don't think there's any surprise with that split, the top two teams in the league. Um, did you get any insight on what happened in the Belois situation? Because, yeah. as you mentioned, let in two and five. In came their AP call-up goaltender, but he only played for two minutes, and then yeah. I looked yeah. back to my right, and Belois was back in the net on the game on Sunday. So was it an equipment? Was it a little nagging injury or are we just are uncertain about the coaching tactic there to put below us back in? Yeah. We're just speculating. Really. I haven't had a chance to talk to Jason Tatarnik about it yet, but uh, I, I mean, some of my colleagues in the press box thought it might've been an injury. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. see anything particularly there. Uh, it, I think that would be maybe a more logical explanation, right? Maybe a minor injury or maybe an equipment issue. Cause he was only out for about, five, 10 minutes of the game. Um, Mm. You know, I I wasn't overly surprised that they pulled him given it was three goals on five shots. Right. And just to try to change the momentum of the game, but that was a strange one for him to go back in. Right. So (laughs) I I would think it it would have to be uh, either an injury or or more likely an equipment issue because I, to to take a goaltender out and to have him sit on the bench for five to 10 minutes, you know, to think about the first few minutes of the game is pretty strange. Short-handed goal. Estevan with, I believe, what is it, nine shorthanded goals in 17 games. Have you seen a stat crazy as crazy as this? It's got to be up there for me. No, and yeah, I, I put it in our group chat yesterday. You guys saw that. I tweeted it yesterday. It, it's crazy. I mean, like I said, like, yeah. you know, they got nine shorthanded goals. We're about a month and a half into the year. And I, I believe there will be many teams in this league who don't get to nine shorthanded goals all season. So, you know, one thing I've noticed with the Bruins is, the attack mentality they have. I mean, when they get the puck in their own zone, shorthanded, they're darting up the ice and they're getting a lot of two-on-one, two-on-twos and creating offense. I mean, there's been multiple times where they've had the better scoring chances than the team that's been on the power play, particularly against Melville. Uh, One thing that contributes to that, guys, is the fact that their best players kill penalties. I mean, Mark Rumsey and Olivia Cooliot kill penalties, right? And those guys are offensively minded. So when they get the puck, they're going. And so, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I want to check into the stat guys. Maybe I can check with the, the stats and slants guy, or maybe you guys can, can look it up because I don't know if, if a team has ever had this many shorthanded goals this early in the year. And it's, it's had a, a big impact in a lot of their recent wins. How about the play of Mark Rumsey? And then one other guy I'll piggyback off that is Kalen Fitzpatrick. Uh, the Bruins are a very old team. They don't have many O threes, but Fitzpatrick's one of them. And he's driving the, the force for the younger players. And Mark Rumsey, of course, to no one's surprise, one point behind for the SJHL lead. Those two are always elite on any time. Yeah, absolutely. Rory, uh, you know, first with Rumsey, I mean, just as I've said throughout the year, just dangerous every time he has the puck. Right. And, and, to me, it's his shot that it, that stands out the most. I mean, you saw it, I think, was it the uh, the Saturday night game, Murray, where he just kind of blasted yeah. that one over Race Ramsey's glove. You know, he's been doing that 
all season to goaltenders. Just he's got a big league shot. And when you, you know, he's developed some chemistry with Olivier Pouliot, that's kind of developed into their top line. So, you know, he'll be up there, uh, you know, top five in scoring. I believe he's tied for, for the league lead now in points after this weekend. So he's been one of their go-to guys and that'll continue. And then, you know, for Kalen Fitzpatrick, like you say, 03 born, 18 year old, you know, he might get some attention from division one schools yet in the States, who knows, right? Because he's had a great start to the year. Um, you know, he's, he's, I think he's a pretty complete player. You know, I, I think he spends a lot of time in the gym. He's pretty solid. So um, for him to be scoring, I believe he might be up to 10 goals now, guys, too. So, um, you know, he's mm-hmm. scoring at, at, a, at a big clip. And, and you know, that that gives some some secondary scoring to to the guys like Sartor and, and Rumsey and, mm-hmm. and Pouliot. So, I, I you know, if you talk to the coaching staff, they say they, they knew what they had in him, that they say they're not surprised. But I think, you know, for me and, and a lot of the fans, uh, it has been a pleasant surprise, the offense that he's contributed so far for, for Kalen Fitzpatrick. And, you know, Rory talked about, you know, not too many of threes, not too many young guys and a situation that from the come very far outside looking into Estevan, one would think that there are a lot of mouths to feed for those, you know, prime top six power play offensive type six on five, you know, five on four situations. And so there's a guy in Griff, Griffin Asher Morose, who is a fixture in Estevan for a couple of years. Trade it off to Drum Heller. What can you tell us about that trade? How much did it take you by surprise? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a good question, Jamie, because I, I was a little bit surprised. I think a lot of people were surprised. Uh, like you mentioned, Griffin had kind of established himself here. He was well-liked in the community. Uh, this was his third season here. Uh, you know, I know his parents came to a lot of games from Winnipeg, so it's close by, so... Uh, I can tell you this wasn't an easy trade for the coaching staff either, right? But I think what, what people sometimes forget is, yeah, you're dealing with teenagers and 20-year-olds, but this is still a business at the end of the day, guys. It's junior A hockey still a business, right? And, and I think what kind of led to that trade was the fact that Eric Pierce became available from the Brandon Wheat Kings. You know, he went on waivers, and he was a guy who, who the coaching staff had identified as, as bring, if, if they had a chance to bring him in, they would. Of course, he was loaned to the Bruins last year. They liked what they saw. They knew what they were getting. And it just came down to numbers. You're allowed, what is it, eight, eight 20-year-olds on the game day roster, right? So when they looked at their roster in order to bring Pearson, they had to, to move another 20-year-old. And so it, it, I think what it boiled down to is Griffin Ashton Rose just ended up being the odd man out. Um, and I know they wanted to trade him to a contender. So he's going to drum Heller in the AGHL, who I believe is, is third in that league right now. So, you know, he'll have a chance to have a playoff run with them next spring. Um, but he, you know, he was a good player. I mean, you guys know, well-rounded guy. He, he was off to a pretty good start to the year. And I think when it came down to it, they just felt that, you know, Eric Pierce made them a better hockey team in the long run and they had a chance to bring him in. And it just came down to the fact that they needed to part ways with another 20 year old. And it ended up uh, being Ashton Rose. And, you know, obviously we wish him all the best in Alberta. And the flip side of that is you guys bring in uh, Heemstra, I believe yeah. is his name from Drumheller. Do, do we know when he'll get there and, and what kind of player that Estevan's getting back? Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, my understanding is he, he arrived in Estevan last night, Jamie. And uh, I think we'll see him in the lineup tomorrow night against Melville. Um, so I think he's the guy that adds some more depth to their, to their bottom six. Um, you know, I, I had a chance to, to talk with Jason just briefly about him uh, over the weekend on our weekly coaches show. So if people want to find out more about him, they can, they can certainly tune into that. But I think he just gives them some depth. Um, but I really think that move, um, that, that trade was really more about Eric Pierce. Uh, and, and the player that they're getting in him. Uh, we don't know as much about Heemstra, but we're going to see him at, at tomorrow night, and we'll have a, a better feel for, for what he contributes to the lineup as well. Everyone knows the talent the Estevan Bruins have up front, but there's some key cogs on the back end, Alex Von Sprecken, Nolan Jones, but the one that just jumped off the page to me in the two games against the Broncos was the former Portage Terrier, Kean Calder. He's come in, and since he's been in the SJHL, leads all defensemen in points over that span. What can you tell about him? Because he's physical, he's offensive, he's great in his zone. It seems it's his total package, and he's an O2-born too, so he's going to have another year of eligibility. Yeah, he plays big minutes, doesn't he, Rory? I mean, yeah. him and Dayton Deeks log a lot of minutes on the back end. Uh, like you say, I think the, the big thing that stands out to me is just his physicality, right? That physical mean streak that he has to his game. 
Um, you know, he's been in a couple of scraps. It seems like whenever there's a scrum after the whistle, he's front and center. He spent some mm-hmm. time in the penalty box uh, this past weekend against Humboldt, as you know. But he's got an offensive player as well. You know, he's got a good shot. He plays the power play. So uh, that was a move, too, I think, that, that is, is looking like a great move right now because he's a guy who, who plays big minutes. He can play in all situations. And I think when it comes to playoff time and kind of the grind of, of, of you know, a potential seven-game series and certainly into the Centennial Cup, uh, that's a guy who, who's going to be pretty valuable, assuming he stays healthy, because he can really do it all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's different than a guy like Dayton Deeks. I think, he, you know, again, more, maybe a little bit more physicality, but his offense has been on display as well. So, you know, I think for, for Jason Petarnik and the coaching staff, that's going to be a guy who they lean on all season. For sure. Uh, Nolan, thank you so much for doing this. Always great to chat. Last one, uh, last one for me. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if people can go out there and find it, but uh, obviously it's ancient history, what happened with Nolan Jones at the showcase uh, and the suspension that he had to deal with. But, uh, you know, he's back now. Uh, how do you feel like he's kind of handled himself, you know, over the course of the suspension? And how did the former uh, Moose Jaw Warriors defenseman Jones uh, – kind of handle himself coming back into the lineup this weekend? Yeah, I had a chance to talk to him about a week ago in one of the Melville games during one of our broadcasts. So he was excited to get back in. Uh, I know the coaching staff was excited to bring him back. So he played this weekend. He did not play as much as he was playing early in the year. He was logging a lot of minutes. So I think that might have been a case of just kind of easing his way back in. Uh, I think he got a little bit of power play time towards the end of the game on Sunday, but certainly not as much as he was playing earlier in the season. So uh, you know, he looked okay. I think, you know, might take, he was out for a month, guys. I mean, that was in lemon game suspension. They had some, some breaks in the schedule there. Mm-hmm. So he was, he was off the ice for a while um, in terms of game situation. So I think it'll maybe take him a little bit of time uh, to get, to get his groove back. Um, and now with Key and Calder being in the mix too, right? He wasn't here when Nolan Jones was playing early in the year. So how does that impact his ice time? We'll see. Right. But but I think he's a guy who's, who's, you know, a pretty complete defenseman as well, right? He, he's, he has the potential to log a lot of minutes. And, and I guess we'll kind of see how his role evolves here uh, over the next few weeks now that he is back in the mix. I don't want for me here, man. Thanks again for joining us. It's Estevan Bruins play-by-play voice, Nolan Cole on SJ at noon. We talked about it in the prior segment. I took a little bit of heat newsy for saying that the <laughs> Bruins have 50% of their schedule against teams that they completely overmatch on paper and on the ice evidently based off what they've been able to do. But they often say you learn more from losses than wins. So how valuable do you think the Bruins can take away from this series against the Broncos with now looking up and seeing them ahead of the standings? Yeah, I I think it was, it was a a bit of a measuring stick uh, for sure, Rory. I mean, you're right. They played a, a lot of games against their own division and their own division is by far the weakest in the league. I don't think anyone's going to dispute mm-hmm. that right at this point in the year. So I think the Humboldt series came at a good time for them, especially, you know, playing three against Melville and then they get Melville against tomorrow night here. Right. So uh, I think it was a good measuring stick for them. I think it was a good, you know, again, just good timing to play a Broncos team who's playing very well. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I thought, you know, we saw two relatively even teams here this weekend, Rory, right? So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the Bruins continue to match up against the likes of, of Humboldt, uh, you know, Melfort, Flin Flon, some of, the, some of the top teams in the league right now, right? They're going to play them more coming up here. So, no, I think, I think it was a good challenge for them. And, and, you know, I think the Bruins responded well, obviously having a great night on, on, on Saturday night. And then, you know, you give the Broncos credit for, for bouncing back with, with the win yesterday. So, I mean, hey, like I said off the top, guys, I'm looking forward to when those two teams meet again. Nolan, it was great seeing you again this weekend. in Estevan, thanks for, so much for joining us. Yeah, always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on again. There was Nolan Cole, the play-by-play voice of the Estevan Bruins, and we'll take a break. And when we come back, we'll go up north, way up north, to Flin Flon, and be joined by their defenseman, Xavier LaPointe, here on SJ at noon. Welcome back to SJ at noon. Big thanks to Nolan Cole, the play-by-play voice of the Estevan Bruins. And now we're going to head up north and across the border, just across the border, into Flint Flon and welcome in their defenseman that has been on a torrid pace, 13 points in his first 18 games, Xavier Lapointe. Xavier, thanks for doing this. And how are things going up in Flint Flon? Oh, everything's going great. Thank you for having me. 
So obviously you were supposed to go back into the States. Why don't you just walk us through what happened and kind of your journey that made you join the Bombers and the decision to go up and Flin Flon in the offseason and, uh, and join Mike Reagan's club there. Yep. So um, in July last year, I got uh, drafted by the Madison Capitals in the USHL. Uh, I got ready this summer thinking I was going there. And then uh, a little something happened at the borders and couldn't get through. So uh, I got in contact. Well, my buddy, my really good buddy, Nathan Gagne, that I've known since I was uh, six years old, was playing in Flin Flon. So he contacted me and was like, yeah, like, we wouldn't mind having you on our team. And he uh, he texted Mike and Mike called me the next day and uh, we had a really good conversation. And I thought Flin Flon was the the way to go for me. And uh, I'm really happy uh, where I'm at right now. So that's how I got here. So now 18 games in, the Flin Flon Bombers looking, not to anyone's surprise, like one of the top teams in the SJHL. How has your experience been so far up in Flin Flon with the Bombers under Mike Reagan and with your teammates? Oh, I mean, it's been it's been great. I think uh, we have a really good chemistry. I mean, Flin Flon's not really a big city, so uh, mm-hmm. the guys are always together. We, we do a lot of team bonding. I think uh, Mike and... Uh, Cole McCagg, assistant coach, uh, are great, two great coaches. And uh, yeah, I think we've been uh, doing pretty good this year. Uh, for those that don't know, Xavier committed to uh, Roch Vegas, Rochester Institute of Technology. I know a bunch of kids that have gone there uh, over the years and, and they love it there. Why did you uh, choose to commit to uh, RIT? What about, what about RIT attracted you? Yeah, I thought um, so. Um, RIT contacted me uh, last year and I thought uh, the all the coaches uh, were really great. I looked, I watched some of their games. I think the way they play is uh, I could bring something to the table there. And uh, I love, yeah, I love the way they're playing. Uh, the school, the school, um, the school is great there. I mean, education at RIT, uh, like as everyone know, I think is uh, is really good. And so I thought it was the, the way to go for me as well. So uh, I'm pretty excited and I've been pretty happy since then. Yeah. NCAA division one. Uh, if you're not, uh, if you're not aware out there, uh, I got to want to ask you very curious. So you played a couple of years in the uh, North American hockey league with Janesville. And, and I'm curious, what would you say is some of the differences, some of the similarities in the style of play between the SJHL and the null? Yeah. I mean, uh, I'd say that the SJHL is way more physical. When I got here at first, I, uh, you know, time and space, you play on some small rinks. I mean, LaRange in our division, Nip one. I mean, you don't have a lot of time and space and you have to react really quick. And I think it's going to help me in my game. And yeah, I mean, it's two junior A leagues. Uh, the pace is pretty much the same. But what I've noticed is that the, the SJHL is, is more physical for sure. So obviously the Flin Flon Bombers have one of the most historic buildings in the Whitney Forum, not only in the SJHL, but across uh, Canada and North America, mind you. How has it been playing in that building? We know that attendance is down across the league, but it just has so much heritage and so much built into it that it seems like it would be a really fun place to play. And when the oh. fans are there, the energy is maybe none better in the league. Oh, yeah, it is. It is great. I mean, you, you walk in the rink and you see uh, in the rafters and on the walls, all the teams that play here, you know, uh, it's, it's unreal. And even with, uh, even if we don't have a lot of fans, I mean, they show up every night and it, it gets loud in here. Even, uh, even if it's not packed, I mean, you hear them every night and it's always fun to have a, have a town like this. And you don't, you don't see that everywhere. That's for sure. Yeah. You mentioned uh, coming to Flin Flon in part because, uh, of Nathan Gagne, and there seems to be a really strong uh, French-Canadian Quebecois connection uh, in Flin Flon uh, over the years, the last couple of years especially. Uh, it seems like there's a bunch of uh, French-Canadians on the team as well. Uh, what's the comfort factor also coming in, knowing that some of your uh, fellow Quebecois men were, were going to be there, and also having uh, Nathan there with you too? Yeah, well, I mean, it's always great to know that, that you have a uh... You have some Frenchies with you and, you know, Mike does a good job, I think, uh, with us. I mean, over the past years, he's, uh, 
you know, I don't know if you guys remember Tristan Lemire. Uh, he's yep. one of my really good buddies. Uh, he had a great, great time coming here. And before coming here, I, I reached out to him too. And he said, you, you'll love it there. And yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a great place for us here and I love it. Obviously, if you look on defensive leaders across the SJHL, top two names, both on the Flint Flon Bombers, yourself, who leads the league in goals, and Cole Vardy, who has just one more point. What's it been like playing across from him? Because it seems like you guys have instant chemistry. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, since day one, me and Cole uh, have been playing together, and I think uh, we've built something pretty special here, and uh, I think we complete each other's game really well. And uh, we help each other every night. I mean, it's really fun to play with them. And seeing that what we can accomplish is, is pretty, pretty fun. Last one for me. And again, thanks so much for joining us. It's Xavier Lapointe, the defenseman for the Flint Flon Bombers on your Super U player profile. You're already committed to Division One, And it's not something that you see a player go into the SJHL as a first year with a commitment already in their pocket. But the Flint Vaughn Bombers take a lot of pride in getting their players on to the next level. What insight can you provide the Jaden Merciers or the Cole Duperos across the team that maybe are looking to go in the same path in the future that you've already secured? I mean, just just trusting the process. I mean, for me, uh, I remember my, my first year in Janesville, I was 17 and wasn't playing a whole lot. And I, I kept it real. I grinded you know I at day after day at practice and you you got to keep thinking about it what is your goal and one day it'll it'll happen I I mean if you trust the process it'll mm -hmm. really happen and that's that's what I think is the best Trust Xavier, me. thanks so much for joining us. Obviously, congratulations on the start you've been having with the bombers and the success with the team and wish you nothing but that down the road. Thank you. Thanks for having me. There was Xavier Lapointe. He's committed to RIT NCAA Division One. And when we come back, we'll do a little hot and cold and players of the week next on SJ at noon. Welcome back to SJ at noon. One more segment, Rory McGoran along with the Nugs. Of course, big thanks to Nolan Cole and Xavier Lapointe for joining us on today's show. And we want to jump into one of our sponsors, of course, and that is Mayfair Diagnostics, who are always there for everything we need. Right, Nugsy? Yeah, I thought you were going to literally throw that thing. You know, I'm glad you didn't, though, because my reflexes are a little <laughs> bit down today. Uh, but today we're going to talk a little bit about x-rays. People know what x-rays are. Apparently, Rory, the most frequently performed x-ray exam is, can you guess? Uh, I, I wouldn't know. It's a chest Chest x-ray, okay. There you go. All it's right. the most frequently ordered one. Maybe ordered to look for rib fractures or other problems. The last thing I'll say about it is that Mayfair Diagnostics Regina does a great job in everything that they do, and they offer walk-in services at uh, Albert and Dudney Clinic. So if you feel like you need an x-ray on your chest anywhere, you can actually just walk in oh, nice. and just get one, there which I think is fantastic. Absolutely. Thanks to Mayfair Diagnostics yeah. for that. And uh, now we got to go into the Who's Hot, Who's Cold segment brought to you by Precise Temperature. Just want to remind everyone, if they weren't able to watch the whole show, you can find our show on... Spotify, on Apple Music, wherever right. you get your podcasts now. You can rewatch it here live, of course, on Facebook. Uh, clips get shared throughout Twitter. So uh, we're branding out there, Nugsy, and there's teams that are branding up and some that are branding down in the SJHL, and that's what precise temp and hot and cold all matters. And what is your team that is uh, rising the temperature this, this week? Well, first of all, rising uh, the hot right now is my poppy. And Barry Shelley, thank you so much in the chat room for checking that out, making sure I had my poppy. It's very important that everybody wears their poppy. Remembrance Day obviously coming up. So obviously we got to pay our respects to those who gave their lives for us. Okay, so the hot team for me right now is the Kindersley Clippers. And I actually did an interview at the showcase. You know, what team I do you think is going to really surprise a lot of people this year? I thought it was the Kindersley Clippers. They got off to a bit of a slow start. Now they're 6-1-1 over the last eight. Rory, they beat the Orkton Terriers in Rosetown. And uh, Matt, both Brett Sweet and Matt Pizzenti playing very, very well, well, well in net. That's always critical. You need your goalies, and they've been impressive. Um, yeah, you got to give credit to the Estevan Bruins and the Humboldt Broncos. Both on the weekend had their win streak snapped. The Broncos entered Estevan with an eight-game win streak, and then Estevan snapped that, building into a six-game win streak for the Bruins, and the Broncos snapped that. But they're 9-1 and one in their past 10 games. They, they had six games in nine days and won five of them. The Bruins are 8-1, 0-1 in their past 10 games. And then how about a shout-out to the Nippawin Hawks? 
because the Nippewin yeah. Hawks were one of the teams that were cold last week, so they won both games on the weekend. We'll see if that doesn't help them propel up the standings in the Sherwood division. So what's one that's maybe cooling off a bit? Are we still on the LaRange Ice Bowls where we have been for the past two weeks? Yeah, LaRange, five games lost in a row now, two wins in the last ten. Talked about the fact that Xavier Cannon and Trout and that can't seem to stay healthy, holding Knights since the showcase. You know, maybe that cross check from Nolan Jones at the showcase still affecting Holden Knights. I don't really have information about that. Just a guess throwing it out there. But yeah, it's been a tough go in LaRon. We've talked about that. Uh yeah, it has. And prior on the earlier in the show, pardon me. We mentioned about the 20-year-olds and just well, yeah. how long do you think they will be there? I know you said that Kevin Kaminsky is very loyal, but often loyalty is shown if a player wants to play for a contender in any league for their last year. Maybe mm-hmm. he will allow them to do that and stockpile some younger players for the years to come. Yeah, it's a great point, Rory. Like, and there are plenty of guys on that uh, on that LaRange team that people will be interested in, oh, I'm yeah. sure. You, know, you look at a guy like Aaron Gray Eyes. Nolan Dole obviously is as good as it gets in this league. Holden Knights is one of the elite players in this league. You know Xavier Cannon, if you're looking for a goalie, if even you Gavin Matei. Gavin Gavin Maddie's been outstanding Maddie, yeah. this this year, absolutely. And even in O2, maybe like Walker Jerome, great depth piece. I know he's only in O2, so he can come back and and whatever. But yeah, you know, it's still it's a little too early to be talking about uh, you know giving up on the year. I guess if you're Larange, but. Maybe getting there. Maybe getting there. Of course, you mentioned the poppies and paying your respect, which uh, yeah. we have to do every Remembrance Day, and everyone should do every Remembrance Day. But the SJHL is also going to help out if you go online and go onto the shop where you can buy a lot of clothing, the 22 Fresh, some SJHL branded stuff. Um, a portion of the proceeds is going to go to the Canadian Legion on mm-hmm. Thursday. So if you're looking for some SJHL gear, Perhaps that shirt may be newsy. We'll take a look at what's on there, but uh, it's a great day to do it because with a portion of the proceeds going there to the Canadian Legion on Remembrance Day. Yeah, I love my uh, Hockey is Family shirt that 22 Fresh mm-hmm. did with the SJHL too. So, yeah, absolutely great initiative from the league to, to, to donate some of those proceeds. And I see it's in the chat room from our elite, uh, elite social media guy, Tyler Dacu over there throwing down. He's always the best. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, get get your gear ASAP. Yeah, if you're thinking of doing it today or tomorrow, just wait till Thursday. Because, yep. you know, we want to help out the Canadian Legion anytime we can. Yeah, exactly. Players of the Week is a part of your precise temperature, who's hot, who's cold, because all these players had great weeks. And where are we going to start, Nugsy? Your MVP of the week going to? Yeah, Maddie Perkins of the Humboldt Broncos. His goals in seven of his last eight games, Rory. You've seen all of them, obviously. Ten, of the, ten goals over that span. Here's that goal. A uh, little countertop. We watched it earlier. Soretsky gets it up and a beautiful bat out of the air. I love these batted out of the air goals, Rory, kind of like a baseball player. So we'll uh, we'll see it there. And that one's thrown out of the air. Boom, there it is. So nice, nice finish there by Matty Perkins. 04 birth year. Also, go on the sjhl.ca website right now. I wrote a little article about him on Friday. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, you know, Scott Barney gives me great quotes whenever I ask him, so I was happy with it. And every Friday, we'll have a Super U player profile. This one was Matthew Perkins, a great read. Uh, If you got time to go check that out, eight points in four games led every player in the SJHL, and once again, 04 birth year. So he's your MVP, rightfully owned, forward of the week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, forward of the week, Elliot Dutille for Notre Dame. We have uh, his power play goal there against the Battleford's North Stars, if you can throw that one up. And, you know, he's worked so well with Kevin Anderson and Connor Nolan this year. They've been aligned since game two of the season. They're always trying to figure out a play here, a play there. And, you know, Elliot, he just loves to score goals. He's always around the blue paint. He's He always celebrates very excitedly. And he's only no three, so he's got great uh, instincts of putting the puck in the net and the bright, bright future for him. Keyshawn Gervais grabbing your yeah. runner-up for your SGEU MVP. And Ryan Lefebvre grabbing yeah. your runner-up for the Nipple and Hawks for the forward of the week. So great weeks to all those involved. Now let's move on to the back end, and mm-hmm. it's another Nippon Hawk picking up the defenseman of the week. Yeah, McKillen Couture, the Nippon uh, captain. We have a goal of Couture, the uh, Faves goal for Nippon <laughs> is the way that's titled. But uh, you know, Couture again bounced around the league. He's a bit of a do-it-all Swiss Army knife type of defenseman. So good to see him here on the power play. Uh, do well, Rory. Absolutely. Uh, goaltender of the week again. Mm-hmm. A shutout going to Chase Ham and the Hawks with two straight wins over the weekend, picking up another honor. Yeah, another Saskatoon minor hockey guy doing well in the SGHL. You know, uh, just a quick aside, if they ever had a team in Warman or Martinsville or something, Seth, they, they would be stacked in the SJ because, you know, guys like Chase Ham would clearly want to play there, Saskatoon kids. And obviously Humboldt's only an hour away, but it, it's a, obviously a, a great spot to create hockey players in Saskatoon, and Chase Ham's another one. 
And the final order of business, your rookie of the week. And we mentioned how many young players are up yeah. the SJHL scoring leaders. Here's another one that's right there, and it's Kalen Fitzpatrick of the Bruins. Yeah, and another Moose Jaw Warriors U18 guy. We got Perkins, we got McGrath. You know, the list goes on. We got the Pape. The list goes on. These Moose Jaw Warriors U18s, they're coming all over the place. And here's another shorthanded goal for the Estevan Bruins coming at you there. And Kalen, a uh, very good player, was an AP with Battlefords previously. Slips over there to uh, Estevan and a beautiful pickup for Jason Tatar. And, and a pair of mills right there in the yeah. running when it was discussed between the voting panel as well. Charles Thomas La Rochelle uh, is going to pick up a runner up. And because mm-hmm. not technically a rookie, an AP call up, but um, yeah. pa- Keaton Pine, the goaltender. Uh, Keaton, right? Kelton. Kelton, pardon yeah. me. Sorry, yeah, Kelton. Yeah. Uh, he, he'll he'll yeah. be in there, but you mentioned he's technically not a rookie. He's an AP, so yeah. we had to leave him out, but he picked up a 31 save shutout in his debut. Yeah, outstanding goalie, top goalie in Sask U18 AAA hockey for the Patsies. Right now, get out and watch them at the Cooperators Arena if you're in Regina. So we got a busy week that we just went over, and we have one coming up ahead. Your CA Road Report once again. Which ones are you looking forward to? Well, I love that Battlefords Kindersley rivalry. Always home and home Tuesday and Friday. It's always fun. Both those teams are in really good form right now too. So it's gonna be rocking in Battlefords and Kindersley. Those fan bases love to love to support. That's what Absolutely, support. it's a busy week actually ahead busy with one. a lot of games yeah. on Tuesday. You got three games. The Weyburn Red Wings are hosting the Yorkton Terriers. Kindersley, as you mentioned, traveling to the Battlefords, and Melville will go to Estevan on Wednesday. There's a game with Larange taking on Melfort, and then again a weekend set. I think five or six games on Friday, and another handful on Saturday. Melfort's in Flinflon, and that one should be a fun one on a Friday night. Yeah, they they played this Wednesday. 7-3 was the score yeah. for Melfort. Melfort was 5-8 on the power play in that game, but it's always feisty. Notre Dame on the uh, that northeastern swing. I feel like the Hounds have barely played games, and the canceled game in, in Kindersley didn't help that. They've played two games about in the last week and a half, it feels like, to have the Notre Dame Hounds. So, you know, they got the LaRange, Nippo, and Flin Flon sort of trip up there. So it'll be interesting for those young hounds to take on some uh, those northern teams. Bit of a different style of hockey we've talked about. Big thanks to Nolan Cole, the play-by-play broadcaster for the Estevan Bruins. Of course, Xavier Lapointe, the defenseman for the Flin Flon Bombers. For Jamie Nugabauer, the Nukes, I'm Roy McGoran. Everyone have a great week. We'll be back next week on SJ at Noon.